Do you ever wish things in life would go a lot faster? For us here at your Manchester, it's the wait until we get some even warmer weather in the north. Oh, and the wait between the seasons of Dynasty. We wouldn't mind speeding through the washing up either. But do you know what else is better when it goes faster? Your broadband. And luckily for us Mancunians, Talk Talk's Future Fibre is now here in Manchester. With speeds up to a whopping 900 megabits per second, it's fast enough to handle anything you can throw at it. And it's great Talk Talk value too, whilst it might not do the washing up for you when it comes to downloading our podcast or booking tickets to see the latest plays here in Manchester. Then ultra-fast, ultra-reliable broadband using the latest technology is just what you need. To find out more, search Talk Talk Future Fibre. Subject to local availability. Well, a very good evening to each and every one of you joining me, Miss Belinda Scandal, and Brandon McAvery. How are you, Flower? the same way every single time. I know it's good, like, it's like <laughs> our thing now, it's like our thing. Have you been? I've been good, all right. This yeah. weather's been lovely today, hasn't it? Hasn't it? It's making me boil. It's, it's fantastic. Make, it's, it's still warm, even at eight o'clock today, everybody. It's still Honestly. very, very warm. It's corking. Do you know what? I think that's the best thing for Manchester. You know, we just have a bit of a niceness of this here. And for two weeks, we get... Yeah, because then we all appreciate the rain when the rain comes yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, massively. Which massively. Is, is a rarity for Manchester, isn't it? Oh, rain. yeah. Yeah, you don't get never much get rain, not no. once, never. We've got a full show lined up for you today, we really, really have. We're going to be speaking to a plethora of wonderful actors and actresses, everybody, uh, joining us, as well as our gorgeous Carolyn White. And how are you, Flora? Uh, I'm, uh... Danny Clifford is joining us this year. How are you, Danny? I'm great, thank you. It's great to be here again. Isn't he very, very, extremely, extremely handsome? <laughs> and uh, you're, you're bringing us something very, very wonderful and very, very new. Tell us all about the wonderful Roll of the Dice. Yeah, it's my first... Time I'm going to be on stage doing a solo show. Uh, it's a comedy. It's the first time I've written a comedy, and uh, but it's not the first time I've taken my clothes off on the stage. Mm. Uh, this is the second time. Sorry, can we <laughs> just refocus on that for all our viewers. Taking your clothes off on stage. Perhaps give us the premise of why. Yeah. Okay. So basically, it's a story about my life. Um, obviously, something original. It was quite easy mm. to write it. Uh, it's, it's focused on my life from being age eighteen to twenty-two. Um, and I will go through, you know, trials and tribulations. Uh, I was a firefighter at the time, um, a competitive bodybuilder. Um, and then I end up getting into a little bit of trouble with some uh, nasty people, wrong place at the wrong time, and ended up having to lose everything. I went on the run. And uh, this is a BBC it, One TV show. Flee from my life. Line yeah. your eat, your heart it, out. It, it's, it's actually true. And the reason why I wrote it is because every time I told people this story, they were like, it should be a film. Uh, yeah. yeah. They couldn't believe it. It was like too unbelievable. Like, no, this actually happened. And it wasn't until I started writing plays uh, that I thought, you know, maybe this could actually work on, on stage or, or, or as, as a film. But yeah, my life turned upside down. I went on the, on the run, as, as it were, to Ireland. Went undercover there. Stayed with some uh, good old Irish friends. Uh, had a great old crack. <laughs> lived in the country. Um, keeping my head down. And um, then I decided to move to Australia. Um, because I got in a little bit of trouble in Ireland as well. Oh my word! Trouble just seems to follow me you by the yeah, sounds yeah. of it. I, it just follows me. You know, it's not my fault. It's never you my your fault. Your sirens in this interview. Yeah. I know yeah. why they're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you been able to transcribe this into a play? I think everything you write, you, you do take a piece of you and, and put it into your writing. 
but this is almost like, I mean, when I started writing it, I, um, I was almost journaling. So I was looking back at my life and thinking, oh, this happened, that happened. And you know what? It was actually quite therapeutic just looking back at your life and you think, do you know what? This is kind of why I am the person I am today. Um, but yeah, like I say, it, 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 it has got a story behind it. It's not just me being on stage, taking my clothes off. It's, it's got a yeah, real... We've well, 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 not actually fully touched on why your clothes are coming off yet. Why are your clothes coming off? Just to get the So, so yeah, I, I moved to Australia and then when I got to Australia, I thought, right, this is a fresh start. I can uh, start a new life here. No one's going to follow me in Australia. And um, I ended up losing all my money. I'm not going to go into why because I don't want to ruin all the, uh-huh. all the plot yeah. points. But I lost all my money and uh, I didn't have anyone to help me. I was just over there on my own. And then I ended up being homeless for about five or six weeks and uh, sleeping on a beach. Didn't have any clothes. Didn't, well, I, I think I, all I had was my passport. I didn't have a bank card. It was just basically I went over there with the money that I had from Ireland. And uh, yeah, I was homeless and I hit rock bottom, really. And uh, I was begging for money, <laughs> you know. Um, it's just weird looking back now, you know, the thing that I actually went through all that. Um, but yeah, I was, I was asking people for change. And there's one part of the play where um, I went into, it's like a Burger, burger King. They call it Hungry, Hungry Jacks over there. Mm-hmm. But I went in there and um, the reason why I went in is because it was $2 for free refills. And being Australia, it's 40 degrees every day. But uh, yeah, I went to the gym. Um, so I got a free guest pass. Managed to just swindle a free guest pass. I was still just doing push ups, you know, just to sort of mentally stimulate my mind. And um, this, a guy approached me at the gym and said, Do you want to be a stripper? I thought he was coming on to me. I, I took offense at first. I was like, You know, hey, you know, just, just trying to work out here. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, eventually I, I agreed because he said, uh, You know, it's $300 a night and being. Completely homeless and skin. I thought maybe this is a sign from the gods. Um, so there I was. I thought I've got a little bit of background in taking my clothes off because I was a competitive bodybuilder. Yeah. So it wasn't really like my first rodeo. Um, but the whole dancing thing, I had to learn. I did not know how to dance. <laughs> and you'll see it like, in the play. You know, the, the evolution of my dance moves um, is quite. It's quite funny. So it's one thing then doing the, the stripping in front of people that you don't know. Obviously, a lot of people that are going to come to this roll the dice play are going to. Mm. You're going to know. You're going to be stripping in front of them. How does that make you feel? I think life is, is like chapters, and that was one chapter of my life. And then that chapter's closed, and then you don't really reveal that side of your life to anyone until you put put on stage. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I was quite ashamed about that that part of my life. I don't know. But now, yeah, I'm older and wiser. I look back at it. I'm proud of going through all that. But it's, it's got a good message behind it, and I hope people can see that message. Well, they'll be able it. to see it at the King's Arms from the 24th to the 30th of July, which is yeah. going to be very exciting. And it's, it's going to London on the 26th and 27th. So just, just yeah, it's in the West End. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah very yeah. nice. Well, let's do the West right. End as well yeah. as the Vrincher. Why not? Why let's not? do it. All right, for now, though, thank you, Danny Clifford. Thank you. I'll thank you. Over there watching that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hayley and welcome to this week's On The Box. How are you all doing? As you can see, I still haven't got my full voice back yet. Three weeks and counting. It's getting there though, it's getting there. Maybe by this time next week, I'll have it back. Now, do watch the series called Starstruck. That is a British series. It's on BBC. It's a BBC Three comedy series and it's all available on iPlayer, two full series. It's about a woman from New Zealand living in London who has a one night stand who turns out to be... She, what turns out to be that she slept with a very famous film star, Starstruck. Absolutely brilliant. Classic comedy series. Um, Sherwood on the BBC, BBC iPlayer. Crime drama set in Nottinghamshire. 
in an old mining community. That's all I'm going to say about that because I don't want to give anything away. Also, we have the series Outlaws. The second series is available on the BBC iPlayer currently as well. And it stars Stephen Merchant and Christopher Walken. And it's about um, people and um, lawbreakers who are forced through community payback and they discover a big, massive bag of cash. Um, and if you like music and documentaries, do go on iPlayer. iPlayer again, talking about all things British at the moment. Uh, do catch on the catch up on the documentary Glastonbury 50 Years and Counting. That's it from me. I shall catch you next time. And remember, stronger together. Bye. In 1948, Britain was just starting to recover from the Second World War. Towns and cities had been bombed. Thousands of homes and buildings were destroyed and they all needed to be rebuilt. In the Caribbean, thousands of men and women had served in the British Armed Forces. After the war, some of them answered an advert to come to Britain, where there were lots of different jobs available. Other people just wanted to see England, which they'd heard so much about. They all got on a ship, the Empire Windrush, which left the Caribbean to travel thousands of miles across the Atlantic Ocean. This was the first time so many Caribbean people had come to live in Britain. Many more arrived in the following years. It was on the 22nd of June, 1948, that the Empire Windrush arrived at Tilbury Docks in Essex. But when its passengers got off, they found that Britain was not as friendly to them as they had hoped. It was cold and grey. And the Caribbean people soon experienced racism and discrimination. They found it hard to get proper homes to live in and to make friends with British people. Later, many of their children were bullied at school because of the colour of their skin. There were racial attacks and years later, Race riots broke out in cities across Britain. Settling into a new country was difficult, and black people had to stick together and support one another. And indeed, support one another, they actually did. I mean, it, it, it baffles me still to this day. Maybe I'm a bit silly about it, but it baffles me to this day that these people were looking after our country. That was, they were fighting for our lovely, lovely nation. And yet they got backlash when they came actually to our country. Yeah, I mean they 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 love they love the UK, they love England, they love the royal family, and um, you know of course the Queen was head of head of state in the Caribbean. The Caribbean's got seven hundred islands, but I think thirteen out of the twenty six countries were sovereign states, so they were connected to the to the Queen and and the, and you know in England. So of course they were like, yes, no, we'll build up the um, the, the key country, and of course it was the same year. When when um, the Windrush came over, it was the same year the NHS started. So, of course, that worked in synergy with some of them working through the NHS, but also transport. And, they, yes, they came into Essex, but they disseminated across the country, you know, uh, London, Bristol, Birmingham, and, of course, Manchester, Liverpool and Leeds. And in Manchester, great community whereby they had to connect with different, different um, ethnicities as well. Um, to this day, you know, you've got the different centres and the different things that are going on. At the weekend, we've got the, at Alexandra Park, we've got the huge Windrush 
weekend at Alexandra Park where lots of ethnicities are coming together, but they are celebrating the community engagement and the togetherness of the Windrush generation. And it's interesting you use the word coming together because I bet 74 years ago, judging from, from that and the, the information we've had, there wasn't so much of a coming togetherness, was there? No, but, but thank goodness there were, there were, there were pockets of, of white British that did support them and look after them and made sure that they were okay. So, yes, when they walked back, excuse me, every uh, viewers, when they walked back signs that said, no black, you know this, uh, Brandon, no Irish, no dog. When they walked past signs of places to live and to do shopping, when they walked past those signs, there was always somebody else that go, no, you can come and shop here, you can come and stay here, we'll look after you. And they were greeted with open arms. And we mustn't forget those people. No, and indeed, and times have obviously changed for the better now, would you say? In certain, in certain parts, yes, obviously, to, for the better. I mean, I put a post out there saying, um, you know, I can look further because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. They sacrificed right. a lot for us to actually, so that we can move further. There's lots of things in history with different countries. Um, we, we call the Irish our cousins. Um, you know, there's lots of things in history that happened that really put things at the, the roots and foundations so that things could be better for the generations to come. Excellent. Still got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be a good weekend, though, this weekend, to, yeah. to celebrate and remember mm-hmm. all, the, all the different types of people that have, have brought this to where we are 74 years later. 74 years later. Which, when you think about it, really isn't that long ago. No, I no. Just, all I can think about is when they arrived and they came from the glorious climate that they were into the rain. And they weren't happy about that. No, I wasn't really happy about yeah. that. I mean, it's 25 years. So, so basically 1948 to 1973, you know, Empire Windrush did several trips backwards and forwards yeah. in that 25-year period. Right, everybody. We are, we didn't even get time to breathe. Time to breathe. Hey, That's just the show for you. It just keeps going and going. It doesn't going. stop. Right, introduce yourselves for us then. I'm Lakani Choa. Um, I'm an actor, writer and theatre maker. Um, I wrote my play, Senses of Responsibility, which I'm here to chat to you all about today. Brilliant. My name is Spike De La Cruz, and I am an actor, performance artist, and sculptor and poet, and I play the role of Alex in Joseph Conway's Blue Moss. All right, then. so let's start with yours, and tell us a bit about your play. So um, my play is about a young carer called Simony, and the play follows her journey of what it's like for her to care for her mam, who's unwell. Um, the play is based on five acts uh, for the five senses, taste, yeah. touch, sound, smell, and vision. And um, I guess Simony's at this point in her life where she needs to make a decision whether she should go off and do her own thing or stay and look after her mum. And there's also the big question of should she get tested for the genetic condition that her mum has as well. Wow. Yeah, pretty big, big themes, big questions. Big themes to get into. How long is this play? Um, It's it's actually an hour. Um, Wow. It's pretty uh, monologue heavy. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could describe it as a one-person show. However, there are other characters. And we have another wonderful actor in playing those other characters. But yeah. That sounds fantastic. And where's that going to be on at? It's going to be on at 53.2, um, which is just off Dean's Gate um, on Watson Street. Um, yeah, two-week run from the 28th of June to the 9th of July. Now, it's, obviously, it's not just one play. It's a double bill. Yeah. Um, like you're here talking about Blue Moss. So what exactly is Blue Moss about? So Blue Moss is a sort of um, dystopic world 
in which there's three characters, Alex, who I play, Simone, played by Laura Masters, and Justin, played by, um, I'm sorry, um, Abraham, played by Justin Kendall Siddiq. And they exist within this, let's say, a clearing. And outside of the clearing, the whole world is covered in a blue moss. So these three characters are sort of separated from time and space. And it kind of just focuses on the ideas of um, each other's humanity and the relationship to each other when you're enclosed in such a tight environment and what lies beyond the moss. It's very much draws on themes of like climate anxiety and it really delves into the deepest part of the human condition and psyche in each character and how this weird dysfunctional family sort of interacts and how they may be falling apart as well. It sounds very, very interesting. A little bit different and a little bit spooky as well, which is all my favourite ingredients there. Thank you very much for your time today. It's going to be sensational. Make sure you check it out, everybody, over at the... uh, Where'd go? 53.2. 53.2. There we are. There's that much going on today. It's crazy. And I'm sweating and I've got just a little bit of sweat running through my mascara. (laughs) Somebody to lift me mojo. It's Joe Brittany, Nora Sculpting Coach, for another minute of Mojo. This week is about motivation because the letter M in Mojo stands for motivation. Now, here's what I do when I'm not feeling particularly motivated, but I know that I've got to get some stuff done. I'll literally have a conversation with myself and I'll say to myself, Look, Joe, I know that you don't really want to do this, but what if you were to attempt to do a little bit? Because if you don't do it, what's the consequence for you? And how are you going to feel if you do do it? So I'll literally take the tiniest bit of action. And once I've done that, I keep talking to myself and say, okay, what if you could do a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more? And before you know it, I've started to make progress and progress to the brain. The brain really likes progress. You get a bit of shot of that dopamine, the reward chemical, and you feel good. I'll be back next time for another minute of Mojo. In the meantime, you can connect with me on my Instagram page, jbritton.mojo. Hello, Michael here with highlights of the events happening across our city in the next week. My first recommendation is for the dog lovers, a pop-up, or should I say a pop-up cafe, full of Frenchies and pugs is coming to Parsonage Gardens in the city centre on Sunday. With competitions, activities and refreshments on hand, this free event is something that you and your four-legged friend shouldn't miss. Then from Monday, musical comedy Sister Act arrives at the Palace Theatre, starring the Ab Fab Jennifer Saunders and Birds of a Feather's Leslie Joseph. The show is based on the 1992 film of the same name, starring Whoopi Goldberg. Tickets can be purchased on the ATG website. Don't forget, be sure to let us know what you're up to over the next week over on Twitter. We're at your MCR. Whatever you're doing, I hope it's a good one. Yes, I think we need to talk. We need to talk. A jazz cabaret. And to have us here to talk about it, we have the lovely... Hi, I'm Jazz Nissick. Jazz, Jazz Nissick, you are bringing us something very, very special in the form of cabaret. Perhaps tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. it. Yes, so it's called We Need to Talk, a jazz cabaret, and it's a cabaret of jazz songs following the story of a breakup. So obviously wow. we start in delusion okay. and move on 
to heartbreak, depression, and then hopefully. So it's just an Adele album. It's an Adele album. <laughs> Are these original <laughs> songs or songs that we already know? Songs that we already know, mostly yeah. jazz standards, um, Ella Fitzgerald, Eva Cassida, Etta James. Wow. Yeah. They're big songs. Mm-hmm. What yeah, made you want to come up with it? Um, well, one night I was in a bit of a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to channel my bad mood. And I just started to come up with the idea. Um, I'm always going on about these horrendous Tinder date stories I've gone on and people always say I'm a really good storyteller. So I thought I'd combine um, both of them. So the stories kind of draw on experiences of my own, but perhaps a bit more dramatized. Um, wow. So it's meant to be funny, a comedy, that kind of thing, um, but just linked together with jazz music. Wow. So have you always been a fan of jazz music? Oh, always. Yeah. Absolutely Why jazz, jazz as opposed to any other genre? I think with jazz, there is, um, as a singer, you have more impetus to make songs your own. You're not really going to annoy a lot of the composers because most of them are dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Can't be for copyright. That's got to be on the poster. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I actually trained in musical theatre at the Royal Academy of Music. Wow. And when we were there, it was very much like, respect the composer's notes like don't riff don't do anything like that don't change anything um whereas i feel like with jazz music because you know multiple of artists have done the same song in different styles different ways um you can just put your own stamp on it and i don't think there has been a mancunian stamp on many ella fitzgerald songs so yeah so how how are you going (laughs) about putting your own stamp on these then um so I want to make it quite funner quite light um very conversational with the audience um and yeah just using my own personality one thing that I'm really going to try and aim is I don't want it to be the classic girl boy because I'm you know I'm a bisexual artist myself um attracted to both genders um so I want to try and I want it to reach to everyone that it is just about relationships and love and doesn't matter who you love um, the important thing is love and the people that get you through these breakups are your friends, your family. How did you put all this into a show? I think I just put pick songs that I really like. Um, I started off with a big massive list and then I tried to weave a storyline through them to try and capture, you know, the emotion that we go through. So there's a song that I sing, I'd Rather Go Blind by Etta James, which is all about when she sees her former lover with someone else and how that really really hurts her but it also captures for me that you know when someone breaks up with you you go through that really pathetic phase where you're like begging them back like they've cheated on you and you're like I still want to be with you and then about a month or two later you're like that was a bad mistake (laughs) you know when your friend tells you at the very beginning you should have done that there and you're still like no no you're wrong yeah so I think it captures that you know when you break up you do kind of lose yourself a bit and you do kind of it's all the ugly sides of it um rather than just you know, the classic, really. So it sounds like we're getting a full plate of a story as well as lots of cabaret as well. It's very clever to have the knowledge. Yeah. So where's this on at then? Um, so the International Anthony Burgess Foundation, um, which is just down the road, um, just off Oxford Road, Yeah. Um, on the 19th and 20th of July. It's, I'm excited. Sounds I'm excited. Great. And where can we get tickets? Um, so you can either get tickets through the Greater Manchester Fringe website or I've also on Eventbrite as well. So either ours, happy days. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Coming soon, Chatterbox Radio, part of the Your Manchester Media family. Broadcasting live every day. It's where the city comes to talk.
So there's loads and loads and loads. There really got, is. I mean, launching Manchester Fringe. This is why I've got a plethora. But of this is what you mean. Even when it comes to Manchester Fringe, it just shows oh, how creative this city really is. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Have you yeah. been to many Manchester Fringe shows? Yeah, but, well, not not this year, but I have yeah. done previously. Yeah. Um, did some um, interviews as well, and had some performers that I know in there. But uh, I love that that jazz one. It sounds right up my street. Oh I yes. Know. Oh yes, I, f- I fancy myself a bit of a bit of an James Ella Gerald. Is it really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. In my head. In your head. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> we are now out of time, everybody. <laughs> Next week, we aren't giving anything away. We have got a sensational show for you. Today's episode of Your Manchester has been powered by Tot Tot's Future Fibre, which is up to twenty-three times faster than standard broadband, proving that some things in life are better faster. Future Fibre is now available right here in Manchester. And to find out more, search Tot Tot Future Fibre, subject to local availability. Mm-hmm.